Welcome to Washoe Life, the podcast about the people who make life in Washoe County so interesting. I'm your co-host, Nancy Lewin-Higgin, joined by a very interesting co-host. Well, thank you very much. I'm Bethany Drysdale. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. So June is Pride Month, and we wanted to invite a guest who has a personal and powerful story to share. That's what the point of this podcast is, stories from real people. He's a local business owner and leader in the marketing world, and some of our listeners may know him from his time serving on the Washoe County School Board of Trustees. So with that, welcome, Kurt Thigpen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're really, really happy to have you here. Absolutely. And uh, Kurt, for those of people who may not know you or know your story, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, and what do you do? That's a bit of a long explanation <laughs> I could probably give. Um, yeah, I, I would say I was born and raised in southeast Georgia, middle of nowhere, town called Hazelhurst. Um, moved to um, Reno when I graduated college um, in 2011 and have been there this uh, this month actually is 12 years I've lived here. Um, and so um, I own a marketing agency called A Studios with my husband Chris. Uh, I've been in business for seven years. Um, obviously served on the Washington County School Board previously. Um, now currently am a um, board member on the state uh, public charter school authority. Excellent. So I was really, sh- I don't even know when and where we met, but you told me your story of coming out in in the Bible Belt, I mean, Southeast Georgia, mm-hmm. and had to have been a hard place to do that. And then actually your husband, Chris, um, told me his story at one point too. And I, I was just really, really struck um, how terrifying that must have been. Um, we have listeners we want to inspire. Can you share that story with, with our listeners? Yeah, I want to say, uh, if you're going to be gay, don't do it in, the, in that area. It's really difficult and challenging for a lot of obvious reasons. Um, uh, I was, I would say my story, kind of to try and summarize it, was I, I knew I was gay from a very early age, probably around five years old. I had a crush on my best friend, and I was like, what is this feeling? I don't understand this. And then quickly realized, like, oh, I need to keep this to myself because I don't think this is normal. And, um, of course, you know, at that age, you have no one to ask of what is this? Um, and then kind of fast forward a number of years, you know, you're trying to kind of hide that side of yourself. Um, you know, my family is deeply religious over there. We were raised a uh, Christian Baptist. Um, so you kind of learn over time, you know, a lot of sinful behavior, what's considered sinful. And, um, when I was 14, I was actually outed online. Um, in a blog to someone that had, you know, eventually confided in, you know, you thought you had someone you could, you know, trust and um, it's freshman year of high school was really challenging. So um, it, it, it was really rough. High school was a really rough time. I mean, I'd say grade school in general was a tough time, you know, hiding kind of a big part of yourself. Um, but I kind of chose at the time to um, just embrace it afterwards it was like the words out I, I can only just move on from here um so I kind of then turned to um public service I got involved in different things like 4-H program the art club the technology club all of that which kind of translates now into what I do currently of you know uh, web design all that kind of stuff um but uh I I knew life still was not easy at that point so I knew if I wanted to have like a more happy life I needed to move away somewhere so um, focused on really putting myself through high school, graduating, college, um, put myself through college, you know, you know, paid for everything. I had like three different jobs. 
Um, and as soon as I graduated, I got out the first chance I did, I could. And I knew someone from the area here in Reno and had visited a couple times for a few weeks and, um, loved the community. I loved the mountains and everything. And, um, yeah, I just packed up my car and came out here. And we're glad you did. <laughs> yes, we are. But I, so I wonder for anybody listening who may be struggling with that, um, what was it like to tell your family for one? And well, you were outed, you didn't have any choice in that, but um, would you have done it? Dif- what a dumb question. We could edit that out, but would you do it? Uh, would you have done it differently? Or how do you think you would have um, posed that to your family? It's it's challenging. Uh, and it's one of those things like when the choice is taken away from you, it's it's hard to know what you would have done differently. Um, but I guess I would have liked to at least have the choice to break the news in my own way over time when I felt comfortable doing so. And I know that's the case for a lot of um, LGBTQ people is, you know, sometimes we have a choice, sometimes we don't. And it's um, it's really tough. How did your family receive your news? Um, not great. It was, you know, they, they didn't really understand. Um, I think a, a little part of them thought, maybe you're confused. I'm like, oh, no, I felt like this a long time. Um, and so it took my family a, a number of years to come around, probably more than 15 years. Wow. Yeah, for some. Uh, but we're all good place now, and sometimes it takes people a long time to come around, and you know that's their journey. Um, but um, yeah, I mean that's definitely not the case for other people's. You know, you, a lot of LGBTQ folks they end up, you know, being estranged from their family permanently, and it's just a really tragic, tragic thing. So you moved out to Reno, and where and how did you meet um, Chris? <laughs> We, well, it's funny is he doesn't remember the first time we met, but I do. Um, we met at the Five Star Saloon when it uh, was a local gay bar here in downtown Reno. And um, his brother introduced us. He was on leave from the Navy. Uh, he's a veteran. And um, we met and it was like a quick thing. But what's funny is like we took a picture together because they have, you know, people that go around taking pictures of people having fun. And Later on, I kind of messaged him, just like, "Hey, what's up?" And um, and he's like, "Oh, have we met?" I'm like, "Yeah, we actually have." And he's like, "I don't think we have." And I'm like, "Here's the picture. <laughs> I got proof." <laughs> exactly. Um, and so uh, it was just really funny, and um, we kind of laughed about it. And then we, uh, I said, "Do you want to hang out?" And we just kind of became um best friends pretty fast, even though I was like certainly more interested <laughs> and more and um. And I think it worked out well, though, because starting out like being best friends with someone who becomes your eventual like partner in life, um, it, it, it's been great. So we I think we'll be married now seven or eight years this year. Wow, congrats. A wonderful, yeah, wonderful business, clearly, together mm-hmm. and life. And then you ran for public office, Kurt, <laughs> yeah, for did. the Washoe County School District Board of Trustees. What was that like? Um, I would say I both were, and I think I've even said this uh, publicly, it's the most rewarding and most challenging experience of my life. Um, running for office was certainly interesting because I ran, I announced in January 2020, when we thought the world was going to be very different. 
And then um, it was interesting. We had just gotten back from visiting my family in Georgia and immediately drove. It was This was March. Immediately drove down here to the county offices to, you know, file the official paperwork. And then I think three or four days later, it was locked down. And, um, and so we were like, I don't know what to do. Luckily, I'd raised some funds already. I'd hosted some events and all that. And, um, and then quickly realized, yeah, this is going to be a totally remote campaign. But having the marketing background, it was like, well, it's in my, it's in my house now. Exactly. <laughs> and it worked out because, you know, we got strategic with it and all of that and reaching people remotely and safely and all of that. And, and, you know, I, I won with about 53% of the vote outright. And, in Washoe County, for a lot of people don't know, in the primary, if you're running for a county seat, if you win over 50%, you win that race outright. There's no there's no other election after that. And that's what happened with you. Yeah. So you became our uh, school district trustee. Yep. And then you resigned fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Do you mind telling uh, talking about that and why you resigned? Yeah. So um, I had a lot of time in between June of 2020 and the start of my official term in 2021. Um, and I really was trying to figure out anything I do I could do to help the community. I was learning as much as I could at the time and talking with sitting trustees and school district staff and all that. And I, I really was in it and trying to just be as prepared as possible for day one in January. Well, if y'all remember January 6th, which was two days after I was sworn in here locally, we had the insurrection happen in Washington, D.C. And, and in my opinion, that set off a chain reaction across the country in terms of the dynamics around um, what's happening with schools at the time. You know, we're still in the pandemic and all that. And kind of the anger and vitriol just kind of bubbled to the surface, surface from many people. And so what we encountered um, at the school district and the school board was a lot of hate. And it's, it's out there, it's well documented over the last couple of years of, of what happened, not, not just here, but around the country with school board meetings and all of that around um, COVID-19 mitigation stuff, um, what a lot of people would call critical race theory, even though that's not something that was remotely what we were doing here in Washoe County, um, lots and lots of stuff. And so I had to resign because, um, you know, there were a lot of threats that were coming in against school board members. They had um, shared some of our addresses, including mine and my phone number. Um, it just became a really toxic and unsafe environment. Um, someone brought a gun into one of the school board meetings. Um, luckily, our, the school district police caught it. And, uh, you know, you can only guess, you know, what someone's intentions are, but still, that's pretty jarring. Um and so we we really struggled, and and I had incidences where, um, you know, we had a man show up at my house, who, you know, knocked on the door. I wasn't there, but my husband calls me and is like, "Someone's knocking on the door." I'm like, well, don't answer. We had cameras installed after everything started getting worse, and so I just it just really took a toll on me and my family, my mental health, um, to the point where I just felt like. You know, I shouldn't have to risk my life to do this or my health. And so um, I announced in May of 2021 I was going to resign for health reasons because I wasn't open or ready to talk about it just yet. Um, and then July uh, officially resigned. And then you did talk about it. You you have shared your story. You've written about it. What, 
actually kind of viral. <laughs> You've been on Meet the Press. Um, tell tell us a little bit about that, how that came out. Yeah, I was really, I, I won't lie, I was very angry uh, by the circumstances. I felt that I could have, I had the opportunity to do so much and to serve my community. And I felt that the attacks, the harassment, the hate kind of robbed me of that chance. And, you know, I'm all for like civil discourse and all of that. But this is not civil. And so I wanted the people that believed in me and, and as well as the general public to understand not only why I had to resign, but what was happening. Because the frustration was that the public, of course, everyone's going about their daily lives, but they didn't understand what was going on at the time behind the scenes, during board meetings and all of that. So I wanted people to understand the reality of what was happening in our community. And so that's why I wrote the op-ed I did um, with this is Reno. I think it's called Why I Had to Leave the School Board. Very strange <laughs> straightforward <laughs> title. And um, I think what happened was because this was some, something that was happening across the country, no one had really been that honest at that point or forthcoming about what was happening. And so it got picked up by every major national news outlet you can think of. Um, and uh, so it just went around the world and back and uh, for about like almost a two-year period. Um, so I did interviews for ProPublica. Um, I was on um, the Nora, I think it's Nora O'Donnell show, um, did a Zoom interview for them. And then um, eventually um, the Meet the Press people called and was like, would you like to come to Washington? I'm like, no. That sounds awful. <laughs> um, but uh, I, what was funny is I was already going to be there. So I was like, sure, yeah, I'd love to calm down. And did a panel interview with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press with two other folks who worked in education and were kind of forced out in different ways as well. Do you think um, you were targeted the same as everybody else? Do you think you were targeted because of um, who you are and who you're married to? Um, I would say that certainly was an element because, um, you know, I was pushing at the time for, you know, we had passed an anti-racism action plan of the school district, you know, to root out any sort of like implicit bias, anything that kind of still existed. Um, I had been very public about um, allowing for pride flags to be in the classroom and even at one board meeting wore a pride flag tie. And, um, and, and it was interesting uh, that some students commented on during that meeting, and I was trying so hard not to cry. <laughs> but um, I think being that open certainly put a target on my back. Um, we noticed the same thing with Dr. Angie Taylor, who was our board president at the time. She's uh, was the first black woman trustee on the school board here. She was targeted as well and for, for who she was, and people were calling her racist against white people and things, just outlandish things that absolutely was beyond the pale. And um, so I definitely think I was targeted. I had some people who kept telling me to stop pushing the gay agenda. And, and I just would joke and say, I, I left my copy at home. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was certainly that was an element. You know, Kurt, given everything that you went through, um, you've done a lot of public service, you have a career in marketing and communications, you know, you know, you know this side of it. What you went through over the last couple of years, would you, would you encourage other people still to run for local political office? 
I would, and I would say I have since I left. I've done a lot of work behind the scenes to encourage people. Um, and I think, in my mind, the folks who were doing the things they were doing, they win if good people don't run. So um, I, I have had a lot of um, people reach out who are either interested or they ha- or they're in the process of running for office or, or they're in office and they're like, you do in this situation or or something so i was it's been kind of surprising of like you know people seeking my advice but um i certainly would encourage folks i think if anything i would just say um you know go into it with kind of open eyes of what you may be walking into and that anything can happen i i your your story is it's hard to hear but i love your optimism do you think that you brought that from the from from this becoming a national story? Do you think it just would have happened? I just I always love to ask people, you know, just how how do you think you react? Then look at how you reacted. I mean, you you made you you just brought it brought to light, and I think you're helping others. Story, certainly. Yeah, I think it helped that the the story that I shared resonated with so many people, and it definitely made me feel a lot less alone in the experience. Um, and then I talked to many other electeds across the country of like, yep, I'm encountering the same thing. Or I also had to resign for the same thing. Mayors, school board members, things like that at the kind of the local level. Um, it was definitely reassuring and, and kind of emboldened my resolve a little bit to try and remain optimistic, even though these are all very awful experiences and stories at the end of the day, I'm still, I'm still here and I'm still capable of, of doing my own part. And um, that's not really something that, you know, somebody could take away from me. So what I'm struck by how open you have been. You um, you share a lot on online about mental health, emotional health. Um, I know you've inspired somebody very close to me who is struggling, not understanding adult ADHD. And I sent her stuff that you've put out there and, and really, really helped her. So I think, you know, we could all be encouraged to maybe be a little more more vulnerable and and share more and and you really do touch lives that way. Yeah, and that was one piece that I had come out with when I wrote that op-ed was I was struggling so much and the thing I was struggled the one part I was really struggling with was like why is this getting to me? I've been called every name in the book my entire life like this should not be a surprise. And I went and sought help, which I encourage everyone to do if they're struggling. And was a, at age 30, I was diagnosed with ADHD and had absolutely no idea growing up. And what I learned is because the the signs you hear about in grade school, like, oh, it's a hyperactive child and all of this, that was not the case with me growing up. Everything with me is internalized. So I've got a lot going on in my head, but I'm not necessarily, you know, acting out, moving around, all of that. And so I've heard a lot from a lot of folks who were who kind of recognized that in themselves and went and got tested and diagnosed and all of that. So I, I definitely hope it helps people, whether it's ADHD or depression or PTSD, which I experienced after my time on the school board. Um, yeah, I, I think we just have to work to just get rid of the stigma around mental health because I think after COVID, we're all tired of hiding those things around, oh, you have to project success all the time or all of these things that doesn't really help anyone at the end of the day. What what would you say to your younger self to inspire a young Kurt Thigby? <laughs> oh, yeah, that that's hard. I, I think I would um, 
definitely encourage him that um, the the answers will come. It it does get better. It will take time, and to be as patient as possible, and um, to definitely you know be mindful of who you surround yourself with. Um, something you know we all kind of learn through trial and error. Um, but um, yeah, and that you know eventually you'll find your tribe. So. And you have been very dedicated to public service. I know, especially kids. I mean, you're you. When you first told me that you're running for, it was in February. I think we were at an event, and you mm-hmm. said that you're running for school board. And I was like, "What? Why? Like, why would you do that?" But you have such a, a passion for for helping kids out. If there is a kid out there listening to this, maybe struggling with their own identity, what would you tell them? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, you know, it, it definitely. It's kind of the same thing I'd say to my younger self. It it does get better. And I know that sounds cliche because we hear that a lot. But there are, I would say, to keep in mind, there are other people out there like you. And you you will find them. It may take some time, but you will find them. And, um, you know, you'll you'll find family that way. Because a lot of us have kind of a chosen family uh, within the LGBTQ community. Um, But, yeah, it, it definitely gets better and and just hang in there because you know once you reach a certain age you can make your own decisions have your own autonomy and you know make the best life you can for yourself i want to sit on that for one second i want all the listeners no matter where they are in life to hear that again there are others out there like you yeah i have to ask do you think you'll ever run for public office again (laughs) i do get asked that every time i do an interview which is funny i um I, I certainly have the willingness and the desire. I don't know if I could in the in the current climate because it is still very bad um, locally. Um, I I never say never, but I will say that the challenge for me and just you know being a realist, being a pragmatist, um, is that you know resigning does create a black mark for for someone in a way. As much as everyone would say, we understand. I've been very transparent. I don't know that voters would necessarily give me a second chance. I would love to be proven wrong, but um, I don't always go into things without knowing I have a really good chance of winning. And so time will tell, but we'll see. I love your transparency, by the way. I think you're amazing, too. So uh, tell us um, what you're doing now. You mentioned Ace Studios. Where can people find you and, and find out more about you? Yeah, I, I'm wearing a lot of hats still, which I think people would be surprised by, unless you've known me for years and then you're not surprised at all. Um, so A Studios, I'm still the CEO. We're still doing a ton of stuff for small businesses and nonprofits for their marketing and creative. We're at astudios.com. Um, aside from that, I mentioned I'm on the Nevada State Public Charter School Authority, which is kind of the school board, but not really. <laughs> we basically oversee all the charter schools in the state um, that are state-sponsored and make sure they're performing their fiduciary and academic responsibilities and uh, approve or deny new charter schools. <laughs> um, and then I'm also the um, the governor of AF, the American Advertising Federation District 14, which is Northern Nevada, Northern California. We have five clubs in our district. Um, and I advocate a lot around advertising issues and cost-related stuff that way. And um, I think that's everything. <laughs> uh, still serving. Still, still serving. serving. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And some of this might be tough topics. I hope our listeners, um, I know that they will um, 
it'll will, something that we talked about will resonate and you are helping lives by doing that. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kurt. And thank you for joining us for another edition of Washoe Life. Yes, we bring you these conversations and we really appreciate our guests sharing their stories with us. And we hope you continue to do so. With that, have a great day.